Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them but changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 10, Dealing with Toxic Coworkers. Before I get into this, I just want to point out that at the time of this podcast, it updates Mondays and Wednesdays. Of course, things happen. So for the past two weeks, I was off track. Now I'm back on track. Based on the overwhelmingly positive response I received from episode eight about dealing with toxic family, I want to delve into toxicity on the job. Now this is a loaded topic because it can affect your livelihood. The American Institute of Stress estimates that job-related stress is the number one cause of stress in the United States, followed by money, not surprising, because of course with your job, money. Then number three is health and four is relationships. A Swedish study suggests that work-related stress can increase heart attacks by 50%. Understand that's correlation and correlation is not necessarily causation, but there's a large body of academic papers published that delve into this topic because they want to determine is there a correlation between stress at work and health problems. And I'm living proof that that's the case, but my situation, it wasn't just stress on the job. There were other things going on. It was like the perfect storm of everything that can go wrong. And dealing with stress on the job just made it worse. So dealing with the death of my mother, writing a dissertation and dealing with toxic coworkers. So because there's so much to talk about, for example, what about toxic bosses? That's actually going to be its own podcast. So I'm going to save that for another podcast, toxic bosses. But for this particular episode, I'm going to just talk about some of the toxic situations at work. Now understand when I'm speaking solo, I do not delve into topics of abuse, whether it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, or sexual abuse, because that's toxicity taken to the extreme. So when I do talk about those topics, I'm going to have a guest who specializes in talking about those topics. I will address them, but not solo. So when I refer to toxicity, I'm talking about your everyday interaction, that which doesn't go to those extremes. I have an ebook and it's 10 scripts for dealing with toxic situations. Now I won't go through all 10 of them, but I will read a few of them. And if you would like to get the scripts, you can click on the link that's in the description and it will take you to a page where you can get the ebook. And if you opt in, there's also a special offer and it's a calendar. Now, 2017 is almost over. At the time of this podcast, it's November of 2017. So I'm offering a 2017-18 Toxic People Detox calendar. Every single day has a prompt for you to follow. And this is something that can bring you closer to finding peace in the midst of toxic people. Each month is its own theme. For example, the theme of January is foundation. Because it's the first month of the year, we're building a foundation for what's going to happen for the other 11 months. Because no matter how fancy or modernized a building is, it means nothing if it's built on a shoddy foundation. Toxic people lack a strong foundation. We all get shaken up from time to time, but toxic people tend to succumb to their circumstances. And without a strong foundation, they lack the strength to deal with everyday life. And thus they project their insecurities, disappointments, and bitterness to those around them. February is about emotional wellness, 
March is about decluttering. April is courage. May is productivity. June is about an examination because we're halfway through the year. So it's reevaluating what you've been doing up until that time. July, the theme is freedom. August is about refreshing yourself, rejuvenation. September, the theme is harvest. Remembering that life is short and that winter is coming. October, the theme is hope. November is gratitude and December is jubilation. So you can also get the ebook through my website, the toxic people detox. But if you go to that special link, it will take you to that page where you can get the calendar for $7. Okay. So let's dive into this. Let me briefly talk about the toxic situations that we deal with at work, whether it's long working hours with no pay, which in some cases is actually illegal, incompetent managers or bosses. I know a lot of people have issues with that one. Poor communication between coworkers and bosses, poor planning, bullying, and mismanagement of employees, and experienced people filling high positions and making important decisions that are disastrous. An oppressive hierarchy. And then you have vindictive coworkers. I have a situation where coworker A wanted coworker B to do something. Coworker B refused. So coworker A caused this drama and they put coworker B, who was really the innocent party, in the middle of all that drama. And it made it seem like coworker B was the bad guy. So when I talk about these scripts, these email scripts are designed to protect you. That's it. Okay. There are 10 scripts. I'm not going to go through all 10. Technically there are 11 scripts because the 11th one is what I call the universal script. So if any of the previous 10 don't apply to you, then the 11th can be used in just about any situation. So script one, what happens when the other party was harshly critical of you in public? And I've seen this firsthand script number two, when the other party gives out critical information at the last minute. Script three, the other party overlooks your contribution. Script four, the other party minimizes your contribution. So number three is just, they don't even bother to, to acknowledge your contribution. The other one is okay. They acknowledge it, but then they just kind of blow it off or brush it aside, especially when you put a lot of effort into it. Number five, saying one thing behind closed doors and another thing in public. Number six, getting the drop on the party that says one thing behind closed doors and another in public. So basically script six is cutting it off at the source. It's trying to stop it before it even starts because you know, that's the type of person you're dealing with. Script seven, the other party overloads you with work. Script eight, the other party takes credit for your ideas or effort. Number nine, the other party's indecisiveness hinders your progress. In other words, this person just can't make a decision. This thing could be done if they would just say something, if they, they would just make a decision. Script 10, the other party keeps you out of the loop. So there's a meeting going on, you're a part of this project and you have no idea what's going on. And then you find out after the fact, oh, by the way, where were you? Why weren't you at the meeting? Why didn't you contribute? Well, that's because you didn't know. So that script helps you to deal with that situation. And then of course, script number 11, the universal script. So when communicating by email, whether you're using these scripts or something of your own, here's some things you need to look out for. Here's some do's and don'ts. Sending emails to friends or family, that's one thing. But when it comes to dealing with difficult people on the job, email might not always be the best choice unless you're trying to leave a paper trail. Don't send an email that sounds confrontational to a coworker or boss. Consult your company's handbook or get a mediator. So. The first thing, your goal is to protect yourself. I can't say this enough. If a situation ever escalates to a point in which legal action needs to be taken, now you have proof. 
Which brings me to the next thing. Do not go on the offensive unless you have proof. As a professor, I've had many students come to me complaining about their grades, other professors, et cetera, et cetera. They ask me if it would be wise to submit a complaint because we do have a grievance process. And my response is always produce the evidence. If you cannot back up your claim, don't file a complaint because then it becomes your word versus theirs. I can't stop you from filing it, but understand without evidence, it kind of looks bad on you. You look like the bad guy. I've been on the grievance committee and I have seen firsthand the number of complaints that students submit in any given semester. Most of them get dismissed because of lack of evidence, but the students who did heed my advice won their case without any fanfare. So if you ever find yourself in that situation where you have to file a grievance, make sure you can prove your case. Otherwise it's a he said versus she said. The next one, say what you mean and mean what you say. If you say in an email that you are open to criticism, then you must be open to criticism. If you say you are willing to discuss the event in question, then you must be willing to discuss the event in question. Writing one thing and acting the opposite will just undermine your efforts and it will make you look like the bad guy. The next one, this is not a game. Do not try to beat toxic people at their own game. Don't out manipulate the manipulator because it will backfire. Remember rule number one, you are protecting yourself and producing evidence for any claim you make. And by the way, this is number four. So number five, pick your battles carefully. Even though you're trying to protect yourself, emails can sometimes backfire. And that's why I said that this is not a game. If you are on the job, if you don't have anything else to fall back on, this is your livelihood. And ask yourself, is this battle worth fighting? If not, let's refer to the next rule, number six. Bite your tongue, bide your time. If you decide that the battle is not worth fighting, then what's your plan B? Are you planning on moving out of the office? Are you planning on getting another job? Are you planning on going into work for yourself? Now I've been planning my escape for a while, you know, I have a side hustle going, but in the meantime, I followed the rules. I did what I was supposed to do. Whatever was in my contract, that's what I did because I always had my eye on the door. Number seven, your email should be straightforward and specific. When you write your email, make it as straightforward as possible. Take your commentary off your email. You're not writing a novel. Why? Because sometimes you might write yourself into trouble. Be clear and concise, not cutesy and clever. Number eight, think twice before you send. Don't send the email right away because it's possible you might've used words that aren't appropriate or words that could be interpreted in the wrong way. So read your email again out loud if possible and let somebody else read it. Let an objective third party read it. Number nine, don't write it if you are still angry. Let your anger fade before you write your email. People tend to say things they regret when they are angry. Ask me how I know. Number 10, be ready for a reply or not. What if the other person does not want to meet you face to face or set things straight between you? What if she likes to make your life miserable while you work and keep it that way? If you sent an email that remains unanswered, then it is possible that the other party is not interested in solutions. Consider also that the other party might not have received or open it. You can try sending a follow-up email. Number 11, do not take the bait. If they send you a rude reply, again, let your anger pass before answering it back because it might tempt you to bicker and that can lead to an email war zone. I'm pretty sure there's someone listening where you've watched emails fly back and forth between coworkers who are just bickering and you're wondering why can't they just take this, just leave me out of it. Just, you know, handle this yourselves. So, but if you do that, remember your goal is to protect yourself. 
But when you start going back and forth, you lose credibility. It's like a situation where in school, there was a person who started a fight and then the innocent person was just defending him or herself and fighting back. But the people who defended themselves are the ones who get in trouble. I find that so fascinating. Number 12, tone may not always come across in these emails. One of the shortcomings of emails is that they do not have the benefit of nonverbal cues to determine intention. Emails, no matter how well-intentioned, can be blown out of proportion, even if your intention was to be positive. Therefore, use caution if you try some of these templates. Now, I had a situation while sending an email to a student and the parent read it and the parent just blew up and accused me of, you don't think my child has integrity. I said, whoa, whoa, that's, that's not where I was going here. Okay, because I have this little saying that comes at the end of my email that that's in all my emails. But for some reason she saw the saying and she thought that I was accusing the student of being a liar and doing this. I said, nope, that's not what I was doing. But understand sometimes that happens. Okay, number 13. What happens when the other party does not respond to the email or claims that they never got it? Now, here's the beauty of this. It doesn't matter. Remember rule number one, you are doing this to protect yourself first and foremost. You are showing that you are proactive and are willing to be open to criticism. If the person doesn't respond, you have a record that you made an attempt to communicate. And what if they respond to you verbally? That's number 14. The beauty of this approach is that it doesn't matter. After the conversation, follow it with an email. Just say, okay, based on that conversation that we had at such and such a time, here's some pointers that I took away from it. Now, whether they are willing to put it in writing or not, make sure that you can document the interactions. That's what's important. We're not worried about whether they respond or not. What we're worried about, if there's some issues going on, then you can prove that you did your due diligence. That is the point. So now let's go through a few of these emails. Okay. Again, I'm not going to go through them all, but let's start with when the other party was harshly critical in public. When someone attacks your character in public, how should you respond? So here's a sample email that you can use. Now, remember, you can always go to my site and download these scripts. There are 11 scripts for you. So first is the salutation. So whether it's hello, hi, or dear person's name, may I ask a bit of your time to discuss the incident that transpired during the meeting at this time or day. Based on the comments, I would like your feedback on how to improve. I am open to criticism and want to accept them to the best of my understanding. I look forward to your suggestions. I'm available at this particular time. Does this work for you? Sincerely, your name. Okay. The other person is harshly critical. What you're doing is saying, okay, can you tell me some of the issues or some of the things that I need to improve? You're basically throwing it back on them. Now, sometimes people are critical. They don't have a reason to be. Don't be surprised if this person can't respond. So here is script number three. The other party overlooks your contribution. Now it can be demoralizing when you put effort into a project only for someone to accuse you of not doing anything. And it's frustrating, especially on the job when the party deliberately avoids mentioning your name and the project that you worked so hard to finish. I've actually had to write these emails, the one I'm about to read to you, I put it in my performance review. Even if the other party does not acknowledge your contribution, again, you have something in writing. So here's the script. Hi, hello, dear, whatever the person's name. I am pleased with the outcome and I am glad that you are also pleased with the outcome. However, I would like to emphasize my contribution to name of the project. Here are some highlights of my involvement. 
Number one, your contribution. Number two, your contribution. Number three, contribution. Keep going. I look forward to continuing my time and talents to making sure that this project task event continues to succeed. Sincerely, your name. Very straightforward. All you're doing is pointing out that I'm glad that you're happy with this particular thing. Here's how I contributed to it. And I would love to see this continue. And that's all you have to say. Now here's script number seven. The other party overloads you with work. Now you are just one person with the same 24 hours in the day as everyone else. And if you don't respect your time, don't expect anyone else to. This is an issue I had when I was a student. And this was also when I had technically my first real job. This particular toxic person took advantage of my naivety. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So they put this burden on me that they themselves wouldn't carry because they wanted the work to get done, but they didn't want to do it. And like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're being burdened, here's the script to use. Hello, hi, dear person's name. Regarding the request to do the extra work you're being asked to do, I am currently working on project one, project two, etc. Based on our previous interactions, I place set projects on top of my priority list. Shall I continue with the before mentioned project or shall I place this new one at the top of the list? Please provide clarification for which one needs to get done first. Also, please provide advice on resources to complete project. Thank you in advance, your name. Now, do you see how this one works? You're saying that if you're already overburdened with something, you're saying, but I'm already doing this, that, and the other thing. So could you please tell me which one needs to be a priority? And the most important thing, can you suggest resources for me to get this done? That's something that was denied me. I was asked to do this almost impossible thing. I would get up at four o'clock in the morning so I can meet my research team at five so we can leave by 5.30 and beat all that traffic and get to where we're going by six so we can get set up by 6.30. By the time it was eight o'clock, we were already tired. And then we had to do a full day's work of sampling. By the time we got back home, if we were lucky, it was almost five o'clock p.m. Maybe six, maybe seven. I think the latest we ever got back was like nine o'clock p.m. I was given all that work, but I wasn't really given any resources. If I knew then what I knew now, I would have sent an email like this and said, please provide resources. I will not take on a project blindly without some suggestion for how to get it done. I mean, it's just a uh, courtesy. I'm going to read you one more. Here's script number 10. The other party keeps you out of the loop. So we're told constantly that we need to be part of a team. You know, you need to be a team player, blah, blah, blah. But what happens when you are supposed to be involved in an activity, but the other party leaves you out of meetings or emails? Here it is. So here's your salutation person's name. I am glad to be part of project report event, whatever it is, and look forward to contributing to the effort. However, it seems that I have not been receiving updates regarding project report event, etc. If there are emails, please add me to the contact list so that I may be informed on our progress. Let me know what you would like me to talk about for the next meeting. Thank you in advance. Your name. Okay. So you're not saying how you found out about the information. All you're saying is that I seem to be left out of these emails. Could you please add me to the contact list and let me know what it is that you would like for me to do for the next meeting or whatever. You can go to the toxic people detox to download the entire scripts or go to this link where it not only takes you to the scripts, but to the calendar prompts. Remember 365 day prompts for helping you to deal with toxic people all for $7. 
So now that I've talked about some ways to address toxic behavior and how to word it, the next episode, I'm going to focus on some of the toxic behavior, starting with the toxic bosses. So episode 11 will be about dealing with toxic bosses. And I can't wait to talk about that. Until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox. Dot com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.